0: Snippet, the short podcast platform. This is Check Your Privilege, the podcast. Let's welcome anti-racism guide, mental health activist, and founder of the Check Your Privilege movement, your host, Myesha T. Hi, friends. Welcome to Check Your Privilege the podcast. I'm your guide on this journey, my T. Hill. And as always, I'm grateful to be in community with you. I am very excited to be back with my friend, Jennifer Kenny uh, for the second part of the cause and the cure.
1: Hey, yeah. Jen, how are you
0: doing today? I am doing all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, one of the last things that we spoke about last week was really around monetization. And so one thing you said was like, when you tell folks that white folks shouldn't monetize, there's this pushback. And I'm really curious if you know, like, what's the bottom line? Why does the pushback exist? Are there any historical implications to that?
1: Yeah, I really feel like the people are so steeped in capitalism and this, you know, like market economy that we've created, and and the commodification of all the things. And so when I suggest that white people not monetize, the the pushback that's weird to me is that people will say, "Well, we need white people to speak." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not saying white people shouldn't speak. That we shouldn't get our people. That we shouldn't, you know, like use our voices in this movement." But why do you think that's what I mean when I simply say that they shouldn't monetize, right? It reveals how tied we are to capitalism, money as an incentive, that it seems like if I say we don't we shouldn't monetize, then I'm saying we shouldn't speak.
0: Right. And that's not what not what you're saying. I I had to kind of do a side note so I could pull up the definition of industrial complex and just kind of break that down real quick. So um, an industrial complex is a socio-economic concept where business becomes entwined in social or political systems, movements or institutions that creates a profit economy from these systems. So when we talk about industrial complexes, we have the educational industrial complex. So, for example, School districts reward children for perfect attendance because what a lot of us don't know is that the government and districts pay for butts and seats. So you can Google butts and seats. So there's the educational industrial complex, um, there is the prison industrial complex, there is this work, the social justice industrial complex, the tech industrial complex. There's so many complexes, and its goal is a profit economy from within these systems. And within these industrious systems, right, are these interlocking systems of oppression—imperialist, capitalist, white supremacist, ableist, patriarchy. It's it's deep, y'all, right, Jen? Yeah. Wow. So I, I I don't think you know when we're talking about this being an industry and monetization, like historically, who doesn't get paid for their labor, right? Right. Who has not gotten paid? Right. Black
1: brown, indigenous, but you know, largely like black people are not getting paid. Yeah. Um, And so it's interesting because, you know, we've been talking about these content creators who are white, who are building these platforms and they're going out and they're doing these things. And not only are they monetizing, they're also taking advantage of a system that already advantages them and prioritizes them. So like, I think I was telling you in the last podcast episode, I'm kind of new to TikTok and the phenomenon. And something that I noticed is like, I had a couple of videos go viral and I was doing really well. And I decided, you know what, I really wanna make sure that I'm I'm doing duets and I'm sharing content creators who are black, indigenous. And the thing that I noticed as I did that is my numbers went down my engagement went down and i could see firsthand how my existence on this platform was essentially like benefiting from this whiteness and and also like building on that and then perpetuating it and the question that i had to ask myself wow. as a content creator is how can I be on this page and in this space? How can I be here in a way that has integrity? And so I started talking about it and naming it, right? Like I know this exists. I see it. I'm experiencing it. Here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to chase following like follower numbers and counts to the extent that I would no longer share the content and duet with black content creators. I'm gonna to continue to engage and exist on this platform in the way that I need to, in the way that I feel is just. And if it impacts my numbers, that's okay. Because my goal isn't to put myself on this platform to build as many followers as possible. But it's really hard because it's like these algorithms, they train us, right? Like, even though I know I'm not going to build a ton of followers, I am literally being trained by the algorithm like, ooh, we like that. Ooh, we don't like that. Ooh, do more of that. Ooh, do less of that.
0: And that's the thing, right? Because it makes it it gives credibility the algorithm gives credibility to yes these these systems and to these industrial complexes because even these apps tiktok instagram are rooted in industry complexes and it's all about profit over people and i think that's kind of where monetizing can go wrong because you're worried about profit over people which is something that as an educator As as someone who has an organization or a project or whatever people like to call Check Your Privilege, there's so many. Let me just pause for a second here, Jen. Yeah. I have read that Check Your Privilege is an advocacy platform. And one of the myths I need to dispel right now is that we educate and we promote advocacy and action. And so I think the biggest misconception is Check Your Privilege is just some meme account. And we're not we're educational space with different forms of participation and so i brought that up because it's when you when you monetize like you're never really thinking of the people like monetization is just another form of capitalism and you can fall into the trap of money 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 oh my god i can just show my face and make some money which is crazy right because that's what we i saw that for two years like with a whole bunch of people like You show up and people are like, oh, here's some money, right? And you're just like, that's that's interesting. And if you don't put that in check, that ego in check, then the ideology of monetizing, being self-employed, you know, having companies, you know, give you being ambassadors or doing partnerships, it becomes appealing. So then you go into that celebrity culture. And so like with monetizing, you have to be really careful that you're not upholding systems of oppression, right? So for me, it's, you know, if... Check Your Privilege workshops. Maybe not our programs, but our, all of our workshops are pay what feels good because in another world, people don't always have $47 to come to a workshop, but somebody might have a dollar. So it's right. how do you monetize in a way that's smart? How do you monetize in a way that, yes, it's colluding with capitalism, but you can put still put people over profits, if that makes sense. Yeah, I absolutely. Think what think what, ha- what happened is that a lot of people saw what happened saw the educators saw the money behind it have jumped on the bandwagon right and there is a generation of folks the graduating class of wokeness from 2020 who are now monetizing and stealing other people's content and going for the numbers because they think that's what matters right and a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't think you think about brand partnerships and you think about brands doing ads like a lot of brands aren't even you know anti-oppressive or anti-racist and so they're just using you for your numbers and then you're using your audience for their numbers and Mm. it's really not a win-win situation so with monetizing we really got to be careful and back to the conversation you know for white folk you know, and from your perspective, Jen, why is monetizing wrong for white people if there's the claim of the lived and educational experience, right? Mm-hmm. Why shouldn't they monetize if they have that experience? What, Like, what, what? I really, I have not been able to figure out a way
1: to engage this work as a person who is white and monetize it without perpetuating white supremacy. So I'm either being favored on a platform and uplifted on a platform because white supremacy favors my whiteness so so that's a no I will automatically be like centered and lifted up and given cookies just because I like said, hey, everybody, racism's bad. And people are like, oh, my gosh, you're white. You think racism's bad? You're amazing. Ooh, the gold stars. The gold stars, the cookies. I mean, we could get really deep and philosophical and talk about how monetization is more than just the green. But we'll just stick to that for today's convo. You know, like, I cannot figure out a way to engage the work and monetize without perpetuating white supremacy. So if I'm dedicated to uprooting and dismantling and tearing down white supremacy, then I can't do that. Like it it literally
0: doesn't work. That makes a lot of sense. And I remember, you know, wrestling with that for a while too and it's do you you know, one of the conversations that I remember having with someone is, you know, hey, you know, you're you're, you're going to get paid less than BIPOC folks that I work with and, you know, hey, it's a sticky conversation to have, right? Yeah. Is because yeah. the truth is, is two things can be true at the same time, right? You can have a mm-hmm. degree in this stuff and know it mm-hmm. and yet positioning yourself as the solution is incredibly dangerous because you're not seeing how that's replicating systems of harm.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say this, like, I need to stay in my lane on this even more so, because I'm primarily focused on and speaking about people who are existing in social media platforms and building mm. themselves as influencers on platforms. Thank I you will for have clarifying. educators. Yeah, like, I, and I have I have friends and co-conspirators who are black educators who are radical, who have come to me and said, like, I actually think there is a place where if I were to call you in to do some work, I think it would be okay to compensate you in some fashion. And I'm like, I have mad respect for these people. I'm still totally uncomfortable with that concept and have not, and nor do I think of stepping into that. But I think like in the years that I've grappled with this and wrestled with this and like, Tina and I have talked about this when I was part of the Speaking of Racism podcast and we were talking about going out and doing events together. You know, the reality is there was this financial aspect where it's like it would have to cover the cost of me leaving my family and being present. Is there a way to do that and navigate through that in our relationship on a small scale with her as a black woman deciding like what would work? I I think maybe, but that's not an area that we really stepped into. So, So I think there's obviously like a lot of nuance, a lot of gray, and yet there's a lot of clarity for me. And so when I speak specifically about people going out and becoming authors and writers and creating platforms to help white people learn about their racism or they create, you know, like educational resources and and seminars and things like that, and they charge money for it, like I can say very clearly, no, that's wrong.
0: Right. So I, I, I'm loving that you have the line of delineation, right? There's something to say about people who get called into it because they're invited or they're they're paid for it or they have the etc we're specifically speaking of people who are on social media yeah growing rapid followers to get blue checks yep. to get endorsements and the easiest word to just say is just how unfair it is because we know how the algorithm works that mm-hmm you can grow rapidly and get a huge following based on you just being a person who says racism is bad.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think the way that I navigate social media spaces and platforms as a white person has been something I've really had to be intentional about. So not to take this in a totally different direction, but the other thing is, how do I show up and what do I post about? Am I constantly feeding a cycle of like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, we've got to do something racism and, uh," you know, and like creating a frenzy around um, activism, constantly portraying black trauma and pain. And speak on it,
0: and, you know, and, and I just can I just pause you here for a second? because yeah. that yeah, is yeah. actually why folks are used to seeing black pain and black trauma, because we have influencers and folk who are perpetuating and raising all of our anxieties and nervous systems by posting mm-hmm. harm. And, you know, people justify it with, well, people need to see what's happening so that they change. And it's like, well, what if people seeing that happening? It's what's triggering their anxiety and their Mm -hmm. flight, freeze or flee response. That's a different conversation for a different day. But right. Exactly. It's a very real conversation that uh, people are using traumatic events to profit. People are using traumatic events to keep folks dysregulated from being in touch with the work that they have to do.
1: Yes. And this is all about doing the deep work. And I have learned that so much from you over the years. And that is what I fight for when I see these spaces that are like, just get out and go and do. And it's like, no, because you're really not like you might be getting out and going and doing, but what are you really doing? And how much are you really influencing people to to go and move and do? Like if they're not doing the deep work, they're going to hit a dissonance. They're going to hit their like wall. They're going right. to, they're going to disappear. Hear from the work, and they're going to be fair weather. I'll put in quotes people can't see allies, which is a word that I don't use. But it, you know, it's like that there's so much focus, I think, on like the do in some of these spaces, but it's like part of the do is getting in touch with and sitting with and doing this deep work so that this is more than just a protest on a weekend. And this becomes the embodiment of how you live so that you're involved in your local community. You're having conversations with your friends and family and neighbors. You're voting differently. You're doing things very tangibly, very physically in movement. You might not be at a protest or you might be, but the work you're doing is deep and meaningful and life-changing and impacting and an equivalent in a sense to feed on the ground protest, right? And so that's one of the things that I really want to continue bringing people into and inviting people into and I get so much, so much kickback from some of these spaces that are like, we're going to go punch a racist, you know, and it's like, yeah, uh-huh. We see the fruit of this stuff.
0: Yeah, and it's not good and the way you just explained that is really the essential work of living into the work, not just doing because even in just doing there's ways that there's violence perpetuated across racial differences so we have to be careful and real quick, I just want you to give just one thing that people can do instead of monetizing, like how can they just have a platform where they're just advocating versus monetizing that is a good question
1: And that is one that I struggle with because I have a platform myself and I'm constantly assessing and reassessing and asking, how am I showing up in this space? You know, it's like I try to show up as my whole self with all of my interests and not just talk about white supremacist delusion and systems of oppression, but also talk about You know, the many interests that I have, I don't monetize. You know, like TikTok, I became a creator. You know, I got to that level where they're like, here's your creator fund. You can start making money. And I'm like, nope, not doing it. And I'm not saying that's the best way to navigate. I know that people don't make a lot of money on it. Um, And maybe, maybe I could get to a point like the thing I'd love to do is actually maybe monetize, like I've thought of this because there's a lot of mutual aid stuff that I'm a part of and I just don't have the funds for it and I'm constantly getting requests. You know, I'm like, oh, if I could set up a fund for something like that, that would be pretty incredible. But that is not something I would touch with a 10-foot pole and without a lot of um, just wisdom and accountability. So I would say like the way you show up and the way it is is you, you follow and you invest in black educators and their platforms, you, check your privilege, you know, Kina, divesting from whiteness, Letty history shows us podcast. Like there are places where people can go and they can pay and they can support and be in a, be part of being in a community. I don't know that it's even my place to say how to do that and how to engage that because I think it's an outpouring of our embodiment. And our embodiment happens when we are radically in community with people and learning to divest from, to decolonize, to unsettle, to, you know, like all of these different things. Then as we move forward and we build things, we're building them, hopefully causing far less harm than we would have if we'd just been on our own trying to figure it out. And I know that doesn't necessarily answer the question.
0: I'm kind of working through it. Yeah. Processing out loud, yeah. but
1: you know, I think it's a hard
0: one to answer. It is, it is, and I appreciate you being like super honest with all of us listening. Like, this is just what I think, these are my thoughts. You know, there's, there's, there's no, you know, in this work, we often say there's no right or wrong way. You, it's, we're building as we go, we're figuring out as we go because nothing like yeah. this has ever been done. And when you do build it, you have to really, really always be interrogating, like, in what ways am I upholding this or upholding that or being oppressive or expressing power right. over. So it's definitely a practice. Uh, Jen, thank you for your time today. Yeah, thank you. Hope to have you again. And friends, if you're listening, we hope that you were encouraged by this two-part episode series and keep living into your work. Peace.